On this episode of AV Week, projection mapping on a rocket. A manufacturer gets into integration and leveraging IT tech for AV applications. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 473, recorded Friday, September 11th, 2020. The Buddy System. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, Sound Extraordinary, and by Crestron. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Jamal Bright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information uh, we have gathered this week. I didn't plan it this way, but this is her birthday, Charmaine Terrell from Barracks. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And happy birthday to you. Thank you. Getting closer to that drinking age. <laughs> she is younger than me. I just want to point that out. I just want to say how much younger. Uh, Michael Shen, my, my, I almost said old buddy. He's not old. I am. Uh, but I've known Mike for a long time. The AV industry expert. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Tim. And uh, I am announcing my launch of Shinovate LLC for consulting services in the operations and delivery. So that's where I'm from right now. Very cool. Shinovate. I like that. We'll have to have t-shirts made. And visors. Mike, it, my oh, oh we, yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm always a visor, man. You and every other Giants fan I know. All right. Last <laughs> but not least, Byron Baird, uh, a young man I've actually gotten to know the last couple of months uh, with Savvy Controls. So welcome, sir. Thank you very much. I don't know about the young part, but thank you uh, nonetheless. Uh, it's all relative once we get to a certain age. <laughs> every, every year that, that our buddies over at Commercial Integrator come out with the 40 or their 40, uh, and they announce um, how many years they've been doing it, that just reminds me of how old I am because... I, I got in at the just under the deadline on the very first one. So, you know, when they I do was reminded team. of that recently, as we do have a colleague of mine here who was on that list presently, Derek, whom, you know, Tim. So, yes, I'm reminded of my age uh, by <laughs> working around him every day. Gotta love him. All right. <laughs> let's, let's go. Derek's, Derek's a ball of energy. Just just for the record, if you don't know him, you, you should. Um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> first story comes to us. Um, from our friends over at uh, SCN and AV Network, NEC has launched a Raspberry Pi-based media player. Media player uh, makes it possible to install uh, content management systems on that, uh, that device. Raspberry Pi module is part of NEC's line of SOC, uh, the SOC stands for System on Chip uh, products. Dealers can be going, begin ordering the product in October. Uh, Charmaine, I'm going to start with you on this. When it comes to using and leveraging Raspberry Pi and, and other type of, of IT-centric technologies, what does this say uh, about the AV industry that an AV company is leveraging an existing, right, off-the-shelf uh, IT and programming technology? It says a lot. It says that they're listening. They understand uh, what the market is doing. So Raspberry Pi, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients who utilize Raspberry Pis with different displays uh, for a long time, especially higher ed, educational, they use it a lot. So the fact that they, you know, it was brilliant that they decided to go this route and they understood that and they understood that it would be advantageous and a great way to just 
you know, capture more of that market share because a lot of times you have a lot of clients who are utilizing that already. So it says that they're in tune with the market. They're, they're brilliant. Um, the Raspberry Pi, what IT person is not familiar with it, most are. And it's, it was just brilliant for them to do that. And I was like, happy. I said, oh, this is great. It's just, it was just smart. Just yeah, absolutely. If you if you're familiar if you're curious to see a, a really interesting uh, uh, application here, Charmaine's right. There is a, a campus up at U of I, uh, University of Illinois, which is just northeast of me. Uh, they have put a couple of buildings on a control system that they home baked using Raspberry Pi. So yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Mr. Shen. Uh, take a look at this, and, and obviously, you know, Charmaine's right that you're leveraging existing technology. But what else is out there? What else can we? we kind of take off the shelf and, and utilize inside the AV industry? I'll be honest. I think Raspberry Pi is the cream of the crop in terms of uh, building new opportunities for integrators in this particular market. Um, <clears throat> the problem is it, it competes against all of the larger control system companies. Um, and in 2014 is when I bought one of my engineers uh, the first Raspberry Pi, and I said, figure this out. And a week later, he had it operating a DVD player. Hello, a DVD player, uh, as well as turning a display system on and off. And I said, well, how, how would they actually control it? And he said, well, they just pull up the app on my phone. And he pulled up his app that he had built. And all of a sudden, I was able to control all of the devices within the system. <clears throat> I think that the idea of integrating Raspberry Pi into your display is one of the smartest moves that NEC could actually make because it allows for the integrator to then customize exactly uh, how it integrates with the rest of the system and the content that it produces. I don't know of anyone else that is doing something like that uh, to that scale. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Byron, I want to kind of uh, shift a little bit on, on this. Savvy uh, Control uses a lot, does a lot with, with LG and, and their SOC systems. So take a look at, at, at this. You know, I'm not going to say compare NEC with, with LG, but the LG and Samsung and a couple other display manufacturers have what I would call baked-in SOC, right? The, so the, it's hardwired in, into the display. This is more modular. Right. So take a look and say, let, let's kind of compare and contrast, which is, let's say which is better, but what are the benefits and, and the drawbacks of doing a modular version? Right, sure. So what the modular approach says is simply to me flexibility, right? Uh, because when you look at other systems out there that are the, the baked in technology into the chassis of the display, you're, if you're utilizing that uh, for its intended purpose, you're sort of uh, in that ecosystem from that manufacturer. And, you know, if you're a software company or if you're an integrator developing an app, developing um, you know, the ability to decode uh, on that display, you have to do it within that environment. So if you have a technology, uh, something similar to what we have uh, or, or related, then you have to recreate that across multiple platforms to have a broader market appeal. Whereas with this approach, you have a small form factor device, uh, you have flexibility, you have the ability to write to that platform and flex that across multiple manufacturers for your system uh, that you're trying to implement, whether that be signage, CMS, control, automation, or whatever the case. 
All right, uh, next story here comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. Rico Europe has been making some business moves last few months. In July, they announced a large deployment of remote monitoring uh, and support infrastructure. They're leveraging Utelogy uh, for that project. This week comes news that the Japanese manufacturer has purchased German integrator Datavision. Uh, Jochen uh, Rogenkamper from Datavision said, quote, unquote, the global footprint and infrastructure of Rico." means that our customers are better positioned to benefit from advanced collaborative environments. Mr. Shen, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, and I may not make any friends, but that's okay. Rico has been an exhibitor showing products at Infocom as well as ISE. What does it say about the business? What does it say about the market? But what does it also say about Rico that now they have gotten into the integration part of the business? Well, you're worried about whether or not you're making friends. What I'm about to say is pretty much going to make me an enemy. So uh, I think it's actually um, very, very poor business practice. Uh, Rico is basically telling all of their partners that now we have our own integration company and that's what we're going to promote and that's what we're going to build. So if you were one of our dealers, uh, you can go blow wind. And um, that is that is not anything I would ever sign up for as a reseller or a dealer. Um, you know, seeing that I would then be competing with my manufacturer. We've seen this in the past, Tim, um, with a couple other manufacturers that have made backdoor deals with integrators. This is a blatant, straight up, we're going to compete directly against you. Oh, but you're going to resell our product, right? Yeah, no, we're not. We're not if, if you're going to be our direct competitor. So that, that's what I get out of this article. Go ahead. I was going to say, do, do you think, and I'm, I have never, um, not that I've been a big fan of, of Rico. I've never been a, a negative fan of Rico. I've just, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've seen their products. They're, they're decent, you know, products. Um, but I've never, I've never installed them. I've never designed with them. I've never put them in a job. Well, that's because all the installers and the integrators were actually copy machine manufacturers. Oh, come on. I mean, they come do. On. No, I'm going to go that way. They make some collaborative uh, de uh, devices. They make some. I'm going to go devices. that way. I'm going to play hardball. They, they just do you bought think an integrator. Are, if you're an integrator that, that, that has used their product and have, has, you're, you've, you've relied on their product, do you think you dropped them just because they bought an integrator, you know, in Germany? If the decision were up to me, yes. Okay. All right. I would. All right. Byron, uh, one of the things that, that is interesting about Byron and, and Savvy in general, Savvy Controls in general, these guys used to be dealers, right? That, that's, the, that's kind of the, the, the neat DNA part of, of Savvy Control. Talk for a second about the, 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 the need and that model of making sure that you're taking care of your dealers and the dealer chain. Absolutely. So we always use two terms, uh, dealer friendly and channel friendly. Okay. Uh, and so if I, if I think about, um, you know, what this represents, I'm not so sure that it's in alignment with either of those. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think you understand my take there. There definitely needs to be a line of demarcation and we do see that, uh, you know, and we, we're a success story in this, 
Uh, and there are others, if you look at you know, the industry broadly, where an integrator came up with an idea or a product or a software, whatever the case, and made the line of demarcation and then became the manufacturer. But it's a totally different thing to do it in reverse. And uh, like you guys uh, you know, have, have stated already, it's, it's definitely a conflict of interest there, at least in some geographic areas, right? And who's to say what the plan is, the grand plan of going other places uh, outside of Europe uh, with that uh, with that model, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's actually the, where I'm I'm going next with, with Charmaine. Charmaine, at what point do do dealers need to start looking at the other manufacturers? And I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to throw red herrings, but but this is something that that Rico has done, uh, and I, I don't think it's it's a huge surprise based on their past, um, their past, uh, behavior, right. That they, they have gone directly to, uh, clients before, like I said, back in July, they, they unveiled this, this mass, you know, um, support and service contract, uh, throughout Europe. This is another step in that. Is there anything currently, uh, either in the States, North America, or, you know, from your contacts globally, that you're seeing any other manufacturers making noise like this, or is this kind of a one-off in what they're, they're doing? It's not really a one-off. It's been done before, but we just don't remember, right? Sharp, right? Sharp kind of did this. Um, mm. when they, remember, they got that small integration uh, a house, and they brought that under their umbrella. And ever since when Sharp did that, uh, and they started going direct to the customers, like every, you know, Sharp is a manufacturer as well. They have copy printers similar to Rico. They're very similar. They do the displays. They do the copy printers. So what would happen is if you spec Sharp before, if you were working with them and you were in another client account and they wanted to switch, let's say, my Panasonic to something else and you were giving them something else based on their business need, all of a sudden the Sharp rep for the business side of printers and machines is already talking to that person and like, oh, well, we could pull that into it too. So um, they sneak in. It's, it's, it's smart, but it's not sustainable. And I think when Sharp did it, you know, to some degree, yes, they got into some very big clients and they got some big revenue pulls and pulled it away from the integrators because I saw that that happened to me. So that's my story. That's what happened. Yeah. Sharp did that. That happened to me. They pulled that away from me. And it was like, wow, I didn't see that coming in okay, so why do I deal with Sharp much anymore? And I think that's the road that Rico is going around. I think the approach, you know, your approach is everything. If you know you had existing channel relationships, dealer relationships, and you, I understand wanting to go down a different route to capture more revenue, but you have to be careful. You have to play it. You know, you have to have a strategy to it and you really can't step on other people's toes but you're not gonna, it's not gonna be a choice. You know, if you're going down an area where you really, you know, you don't master, not only Sharp, there's other companies like a network company, you know, started uh, doling out integration and this list of integrators they certified. And yeah, we can help you do everything. We can sell you the network and the Cisco boxes and we can get, and, and again, stepping on a lot of people's toes, the danger is to the customer. The customer doesn't understand that these people that's not what they live and breathe. They don't live and breathe integration every day. So if they want to just, okay, yeah, we can, Rico's here, we'll go here. Yeah, but what if they don't live and breathe it and they do it wrong? 
then what's going to happen? Oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. How much pain is it going to cost and how much money is it going to cost the customer? And that's the danger. So I understand Rico wanting to augment their business services, but I tell them to take a look carefully as to how fast, how rapidly, how they approach it and how to manage it uh, with their dealers because it, it didn't work that well for Sharp. I don't believe it, you know, it did and it didn't, but it's, it's, it's just, it's a dangerous road on both sides for the client side, as well as the company doing it. And this ladies and gentlemen is why I love this woman. <laughs> well, Mr. Shen, I, oh, well, for, for any of the three of you, actually, um, we, we mentioned the fact that there was Rico Europe and, and not to get into too much of, of corporate uh, overstruction, overlording, but obviously it's a, it's a division of Rico, the Japanese company. Is there a danger here? Uh, is there a, um, a forecast here for Rico US to follow this path? They kind of started doing that a few years ago, actually. Okay. They have already started kind of doing that. Uh, so, because I used to partner with Rico in another integration house. Um, um, actually, the integration house was AVISPL years ago, and we used to work with Rico a lot, and they used to use AVISPL as an integration partner. So, but years later, they started taking on people who could do AV and started trying to do it in the USA themselves. So they kind of started down that line in the USA a little bit. They haven't gone full on, but I could see it going full on right uh, right after this acquisition in Europe without it. Yeah. Particularly if it's successful there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think if they see success in EMEA, um, it'll be very quick for them to launch it in APAC. And then before you know it, it's in the U.S. And then all of a sudden they have their choice integrator or integrators or their owned integrator or integrators. And who knows, 10 years from now, they could be buying integrators left and right to only sell their products. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see it growing. Interesting, interesting to watch. And I would agree with, with Mike on that. You know, uh, Europe is a smaller market uh, dollar wise, right? So, you know, by, by, if, it's, it's, if it's successful there, right? So it's a smaller market, there's less of exposure from a financial standpoint. If it's, if it's successful there, then it's very possible to, to head elsewhere. All right, uh, final story here is, is, is kind of a neat one. Uh, Christie Digital has helped celebrate the launch of the Delta IV Heavy Rocket with 3D projection mapping. Please go buy a commercial integrator and check out this story because the, the, the pictures are worth going over there. And yes, Craig McCormick wrote it, but that's beside the point. Um, that was a, it was a joke. I love Craig. Uh, the display took six... Christie projectors, which is amazing, the fact that it only took six, uh, mapped out 72 meter, uh, the 72 meter rocket. Christie uh, worked along with uh, Nationwide Video uh, with uh, and Paintscaping to create the content uh, for this event. Byron, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, Byron's out of Dallas. A lot of stuff that happens uh, down there when it comes to projection mapping and use, use, leveraging art and, and technology together, just not. Not that Austin is right next door, but it's close. I mean, it's freaking Texas, so every, nothing's close. Um, but where else do we see kind of art and AV or art and technology working together, Byron? Yeah, sure. So this was really, really cool. So um, this is a little outside of my usual zone uh, of, you know, um, where we see this a lot, though. Um, in some of these types of instances, I have 
had some experience with it in more of your corporate, like your high end, uh, your museums, your uh, entertainment venues, different things like that. And, you know, where you can integrate that in with a platform for control is just um, just an added bonus as well, you know, which is something that we can do like with our platform. But yeah, this was just off the charts. It kind of reminds me of something you'd see in Vegas or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charmaine, when it comes to getting in front of these projects like this, and I mentioned the fact that Nationwide Video was the, was the integrator that worked alongside Christie Digital. How can dealers get in front of stuff like this? How can they get in, in front of opportunities like this when it comes to these mass scale? Um, I'm outside of St. Louis, but just north of me in, in, in Chicago. Uh, actually, it was another Christie uh, installation. Um, they, they project mapped the entire outside of the Merck building. Uh, if you're familiar with downtown Chicago, so how do we how do we as as integrators get get wind of these and get get in on the on the ground floor of these? Well, you get I'd say you start with getting wind of the manufacturer that can execute this stuff very well, and Christie is a good start. They're one of the manufacturers when it comes to digital projection mapping and AR and VR um, that they are they're used a lot for these types of projects uh, for a reason. And the reason is that Christie's team of engineers actually work with the integrator because not every integrator, and I said this, um, I did a lunch and learn with Christie not too long ago, and they talked about this, and I knew about some of the other things they did. You know, Disney is one of their biggest clients. Universal is one of their biggest clients. They do this for them all the time. So they have, you know, the, the bearings, the goods, they know how it should work and they can help bring the integrator along. If you work with a good manufacturer like that, if you figure out as an integrator what manufacturer to work with and partner with that can execute that, Christy as an example, that's how you get ahead. Don't try to do it yourself. Uh, you know, when it comes to integration, integrators, yeah, right now we're all in a manic state. We're trying to figure out where the next met revenue stream is going to come from. Augmented virtual reality projection mapping, that's a new area that a lot of clients are taking on. But to go down that area, shouldn't go it alone. You know, partner up. As my mother says, don't walk outside alone, kids. Partner up. Go with a friend. <laughs> Find a good manufacturer friend um, with a good uh, team of engineers that can work with your team, help teach them, help engineer alongside them, and just bring their levels up so they can go into another project and multiply that first project over and over again uh, with good results. So that's what I would recommend because it's like a buzzword right now. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we could do this. I'm like, no, you really can't. <laughs> so you want to find a partner, get a partner, have, call a friend, right? All right, Mr. Shen. Um, I like the buddy system. So how do you get a buddy? How do you, how do you find that manufacturer partner um, to make sure that, that not only these fantastically, you know, artistic uh, installations, but just something that's maybe outside your comfort zone. How do you find that partner uh, in, in even today's, you know, environment? Well, first and foremost, obviously, I want to rely on social media and try and build um, a social media presence and build some kind of a rapport with the manufacturers. However, I don't think that the key to this is with the relationship that you may have with the manufacturer. I think it's going to be key to the production teams and the event staging side of things to actually make something like this happen. 
and developing um, a true experience. And, you know, uh, about five years ago, I had installed a experience center for a hospital. And it's an unbelievable project, unbelievable project. And um, people come through with their loved ones who are suffering and they go through what they're going to experience in terms of care. And it's a complete, like almost a museum of displays and projection and everything um, that uh, really just makes the person feel calmer and accepted. So, um, you know, I see a huge opportunity for this because it takes event staging people to actually make that truly come to life on a custom level. And, you know, I, I think that the manufacturer obviously needs to be partnered with, needs, needs to be involved. But this is an opportunity for us to help our brothers and sisters in the event staging side that have suffered so much uh, through this COVID incident um, to really find a new sense of purpose and a new uh, line of business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and are... this is why I love Mike Shin. <laughs> love you, Char. Really cool. That's a cool project you described there. I had not yeah, heard of that. Yeah, that's very cool. All right. Uh, that is actually going to do it for us. Thank you all so much. Uh, Charmaine, um, thank you so much. Happy birthday once again. Thank uh, you. And, Happy uh, birthday. How, <laughs> how do people Happy get a hold of you? Or don't do it, Jen. <laughs> don't do it. How do people get a hold of you or Varex? You get a hold of me at Varex by uh, my email, which is C, the spelling of my last name, at Varex.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm also the chairperson of the Avixa Diversity Council. And Tim, I just want to let everybody know, you will be moderating our next webinar session, talking about programming and the benefits of that past COVID. Um, thank you for doing us the honor. We're so excited for this webinar. Yeah, I'm, I'm moderating because there's a lot of smart people and they're all smarter than me. <laughs> so I just get to ask questions. People like Hope Roth and Steve Greenblatt. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah, and, and it's I, September 21st at 1 p.m. So in a Monday, a week and a half away. Yeah, I, I, I missed my invite, but that's all right. That's because It came out through the Vixen newsletter, so I'm going to have them pump it again. So don't worry, stay tuned. And I'm going to post it on social media. No, he was saying he, he missed his invite to be on the panel. And I, yeah, I was exactly. Saying, oh, it's all about me, smart enough. Come on, it's all about me. He's not yeah, of course. on that panel. So. But right now, it's all about programmers. It's all programmers. Yes. Voting MacGyvers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mr. Shen, how do people get a hold of you, sir? At AXP Mike on Twitter. And uh, you, of course, can find me on all the social medias, uh, Michael Shen or Michael B. Shen. All right, very good. Thank Byron, you, Byron, thank you, sir. Uh, I've got to hang out with him the last couple months, and, and nice to have you on this program as well. So uh, how do people get a hold of you and, uh, and Savvy Control? Thanks much. Appreciate the invite. This was a fun new experience for me. Um, I would say uh, everyone go to hellosavvy.com is probably the easiest. Um, so Savvy Controls, that's uh, our new URL and you will find everything you need to know about us there uh, and uh, as well as LinkedIn uh, for me personally. And you can message me there and I uh, would love to chat with anyone who's looking for something new and different in the world of control and automation within our space. Absolutely. You should, you should definitely check it out there, but got some really, really interesting things. And I've, I've got a couple of buddies here locally that we're, that we're talking to to try to get some, 
try to get some reviews done done on that. So yeah, check them out. Excellent. Uh, Thanks for, much. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, for me, uh, don't follow me on the Twitters um, because football's here, and I'll just complain about the Bears for the next six months. Uh, go by the <laughs> website though, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. By the time this posts, uh, we will be full into uh, Cedia coverage. So Cedia went virtual just like Infocom did. We're going to cover it a little bit different. We've got some some virtual booth tours uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, some folks are releasing and some un- unveiling some new uh, products. In addition uh, to uh, that, uh, we've also got our weekly program that looks at the residential side. So Cedia and the residential uh, industry, our buddy Matt Scott hosts that, so you can check that out. Also check out our underwriters section. These are the folks who support us and help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and all the other coverage. Uh, and also sign up for our, our, new, our new newsletter. Uh, they've revamped it and made it prettier because they, they took it away from me. So it, it, look, it looks much better. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>